This is Tim from Nature's Farm Camp. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman. But they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. My question. Yes? Which one of us would be Batman and which one of us would be Robin anyway? Probably depends on the day. Very well. I'm having Mike problems here. Oh, no. It's dropping. No. Mike down. Mike down. Hey, welcome, folks. Uh, Saturday morning, another kind of not winter day, as as I was telling Ron Cowgill earlier. Feb-tember. Feb-tember. I like that. That was Rich Cowgill yes. who came up with that. Feb, Feb-tember, I think he said. Feb-tember. Uh, fep, this is Feb-tember. <laughs> and it's not winter. We've got we've got a new season in Chicago. We've got spring, summer, fall, winter, and not winter. We are in the middle of not winter, not winter right now. So, and I stepped out of the house this morning, and the this was the first morning the male cardinals were singing their territory songs. Wow, how do you know the territory song? Do you know the words? Um, I'll sing it later. <laughs> I, I you have to tell me about that because we got no. cardinals in our backyard. I I don't know the difference. So the male cardinals don't sing all winter. Okay. And when you step out and you hear the familiar cardinal songs. Okay. And I can't do it right this morning. Yeah, no, I know that cardinal song. And and the birdie, 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 birdie. Right. Birdie, birdie, birdie. You don't hear that all winter. You hear that starting mid, mid-February, mid not September. September. When they start establishing territory. Okay. Well, we've got a lot on the show today, and you're going to explain how you know that later on. Uh, uh, we have Kim Hankins from McHenry County College is going to start things off uh, talking about their uh, Great Lakes Bioneers McHenry County Speaker Series, uh, and uh, that's going on. They've had one. You might have heard about it on our show. They've got a couple more talks coming up. Uh, and then we've got Rob Telfer from the Field Museum. He is the Calumet Outreach Coordinator, but he is working uh, on the Wild Things Conference. He has got a, and I love the name of this talk he's doing. It's called, here it is, Chugly. No, Chicago, Chicago, redefining natural beauty in Chicago. And he's doing it with Emily Grassley, who is the creator of the Brain Scoop video blog, which is really cool. And we'll talk about that. And uh, and we're going to promote wild things. So stick around in Rick DeMaio, of course, Rick DeMaio uh, weather as as always. And he sent us a lot of cool stuff about snowstorms out of control. Uh, as you know, however, I'm a pretty trendy guy, which means that I don't have any original ideas. I just follow the trends. The January-February issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine features a story by a buddy of mine, Scott Mahaffey, about gardening trends for 2017, including simplifying maintenance, eco-landscaping, wildlife gardens, food and wellness gardens, indoor-outdoor rooms, tidy gardens. What? Is he out of his mind? And the return of color. I don't know when it went away, but I guess it's coming back. Then there's my column on the back page of each issue, which is not only not trendy, it's practically retro, which is trendy. Oh, my God. You're trendy. I guess I am. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere. Or go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. I, I broke really early for yes, that. Yes, you did. That's okay. Well, let's talk uh, for a couple of minutes 
Um, I wanted to get that in mm-hmm. because, we, as we said before, we've got a lot of folks on the show. Um, and we're going to start, as I said, with Kim. Okay, we're, uh, here we are. Kim Hankins uh, from uh, McHenry County College. And if you go to our website, MikeNovak.net, and look at this week's show, you'll see a photo. It's not the talks that they're doing. That's actually Peggy and me last fall at... Uh, McHenry County College mm-hmm. when they have what, what was they that? They had a, a big Gr- green expo, green living expo the out The green there. living expo. And which it was, was packed. It was in November, November 5th. And and I and we were talking about that yesterday because it was like 60 yeah. degrees or something. Yeah. Just so, wasn't wearing a coat that day either. That was not winter also. <laughs> that was in the middle. That was November. In, <laughs> in the middle of not winter November. And, uh, and so we're going to talk to her about her uh, series which is ongoing right now there's two more talks one on the 21st one on the 28th of february september uh and uh and it's about sustainability uh as i mentioned to ron cowgill earlier uh and then wild things which is wild it's crazy because it's sold out and they have more than a hundred seminars uh and i'm very excited to have rob telfer uh in here because he's doing the not, they're not calling it the keynote, the, the plenary, plenary yeah. uh, at the top of the thing. We won't get to see it because we will be here, unfortunately. Uh, but he is uh, working uh, on Chicagli, redefining natural beauty in Chicago. And he's also a poet, so maybe we can get him to give us a poem that's appropriate. And he's out in the field today, so we'll have to, to track him down. All right, stick around. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. in the upper midwest and you're already jonesing to plant stuff you need to get your hands on a grow light from happy leaf led at 18 inches it's small but mighty you can start three conventionally sized flats of seeds in a roughly three by two foot area you can even grow plants that flower and produce fruit how does happy leaf do it the light is tuned for all plant growth including flowering plants you name it this usa made led light can grow it your indoor garden will be limited only by your imagination. It's already won the 2017 Direct Gardening Association Green Thumb Award. With the Happy Leaf LED, there's no reason you can't have your own delicious, fresh, leafy greens year-round, not to mention all of the herbs you need for any recipe. Find out more about the Happy Leaf LED light at happyleafled.com or call 815-414-2209. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. Do you love nature? The Wild Things Conference features over 100 presentations on monarchs and mosses, coyotes and prairies, otters, wildflowers, trees, and more. Don't miss this inspiring day-long conference about our local nature for anyone who wants to learn about Chicagoland natural areas and conservation efforts. For registration and details, visit wildthingscommunity.org. Wild Things for people and nature. Hey, honey, when are you going to get this list of repairs done? I'll do it this weekend. Honey, when are you going to fix that switch, repair the front door, and stop the sink from leaking? I'll do it this weekend. Hey, when are you going to? I'll do it this weekend. Is this DNR Services? Can you come over and take care of the honey-do list on the fridge? Great. Tuesday, 8 a.m.? Perfect. Get those pesky projects done today. Call DNR Services at 847-998-1687 and online at RestoreTheNorthShore.com. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Make a little birdhouse in your soul, not to put too fine a pine on it. Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. Make a little birdhouse See? How perfect is this? Because mm-hmm. you were talking about the Cardinals song. Yes. And how do you know that? Uh, years of studying and reading. And listening. And listening? And listening. It's about February 10th every year. All I know about Cardinals is that if you put a mirror in front of them, they go nuts. They they attack the mirror. And mm-hmm. they, they never learn. They never learn that it's themselves. So do parakeets. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's been probably 45 <laughs> years since I came in contact with a parakeet. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. That's Peggy Malecki. And on the phone, we have Kim Hankins, who is the director of the Sustainability Center of McHenry County College. Kim, good morning. 
Good morning, Mike and Peggy. Good morning. It's so good to talk to you again. Uh, and uh, you're out there just, you know, I, I wrote on my blog on uh, MikeNovak.net, and maybe I've said this to you, and I apologize if I've said it before. I, I think there's something in the water in McHenry County uh, <laughs> because you're all so attuned to nature and environmental activities. And, and somebody explained it to me, Michelle Byrne Walsh. Uh, was on the show a few months ago, and she said, well, I think it comes from the idea or the fact that McHenry County is a county in transition, and it has very distinct uh, areas uh, that range from urban to suburban to rural to natural. And I thought, that that says something. So you, 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 you have all those areas in one enclosed county, and so it makes you aware of a lot of different things. Would you agree with that, Kim? Yeah, that's a great observation. I'm going to have to steal that, actually. I really like it. <laughs> that's Fe- a good feel explanation. Free. I, only, um, I only want 5% uh, percent of whatever you get I'll off of that. I'll just put it on my tab, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's a great way to describe McHenry County. We really do have a little bit of everything, and that's why it's um, just so nice to be able to go out and do whatever you feel like it here. You can almost find almost anything you're looking for. So we, it's a really great place to live. And um, it's fun to protect, too, and talk about. So we like it. So along that line, of course, McHenry County College has uh, its own sustainability programs. And uh, you have divided them into various areas, including green community, green campus, and green curriculum. Uh, And uh, why don't you explain a little bit about how each of those works? Yeah, the college has been doing sustainability stuff since way back in the 90s, but the Sustainability Center has been around for about three and a half years, and uh, we're coming up on our fourth anniversary, actually, and um, we just thought that the best way to sort out how we could approach sustainability at the college was a lot like the way other people have done it, is really look at these three, we like to call them our three buckets, but obviously there's a lot of overlap everywhere, but our community stuff, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the speaker series today, and then you guys were at our expo in the fall, which is so much fun, and we do a whole bunch of stuff in between. And then the curriculum has been an awful lot of fun to work with our faculty and our part-time and our full-time faculty. We have a um, little workshop going on right now about how to sort of infuse those sustainable principles into our curriculum. So classes like you wouldn't expect, like English and math and sociology and stuff, it's fun to talk to them about how we can get, um, they can use those uh, Sustainability are some good examples. Okay, okay, I got to stop you right there. In sure. English, in English, <laughs> how do you use sustainability? That's what I want to know. Um, well, I actually have a um, instructor that shows the movie uh, Gasland about fracking. That was a documentary uh-huh. of that one. Okay, and uh, she shows that movie, and it gets people all wound up, as you may recall that movie gets. And it really, she gets them to do some reflection papers and talk and talk about different styles of writing in terms of looking at a documentary versus a film. So she really brings a lot of stuff in. So <clears throat> we have three other English instructors right now taking this little workshop that we run for a few weeks. And so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with at the end of the workshop because the assignment at the end, obviously, is to have something incorporated into your curriculum. So that's fun. And, of course, you you know, in terms of English and grammar and things, it's spelling is important and uh, the sustainability area has all those really big words. So you <laughs> <It's> ha- true. <laughs> My fingers, for whatever reason, still type sustainability. <laughs> I don't know why that is. But <laughs> what do they type? Sustainability. Just, oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know why. But. <laughs> well, talk to Peggy about that because uh, in, in, a, in a kind of a flip of traditional roles, she did not take the typing course, and I did in high school. <laughs> um, and I can't tell you how it, it has served me. Um, but I still flip things. Everybody, <laughs> I think every, and even people who, who type will flip those letters. Let's talk about your... Uh, your uh, uh, series, the Bioneer series, and first of all, I think there are folks who might not know what a Bioneer is. Would you care to explain? Absolutely. Yeah, that is the number one question I get every year. Is yeah, this is really fun, Kim. But what the heck is a Bioneer? <laughs> so, <clears throat> Bioneers is actually a um, educational organization, a nonprofit that's out in California, and uh, MCC partnered up with them a while back. This is our eighth year of partnering with them. And initially, we um, <clears throat> used some of their videos, and we brought, um, they have this great big speaker series, or a great big conference in the fall, and then they encourage their partners to take some of the videos and run their own speaker series looking at some local issues. So we started out kind of 
basic stuff. We just had um, some videos and we had some local people, and it kind of grew to being able to bring in our, new, our model now where we can bring in some regional and nationwide experts, and then we offer some local groups to table after the, um, speak, the speaker, and then we continue the discussion to sort of more local focus. So here's the issue. Let us tell you all about it, and then here's what you can do about it locally kind of thing. And yeah. it worked out really well. Well, that's great. Uh, I actually I went and looked it up, uh, and as you say, Bioneers is a national organization, and it has communities, what they call communities, uh, in various parts of the United States. Um, and it was a phrase coined by a guy named Kenny Ossabel. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Yep. In 1990 to describe, quote, social and scientific innovators who are mimicking nature's operating instructions to serve human ends. Um, kind of sounds like Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know him personally. Well, I've only met him once, but I've seen his videos a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, he's very prolific and very passionate. And the, the actual word pioneer comes from a combination of biology and pioneers right. together. Right, so, exactly. Um, I like that. So I like the concept. of it. And it's fun to be able to explain that each year. And people are like, oh, yeah, okay, you're not just some crazy lady doing this. You really have some interesting stuff behind you. So it's great. Uh, and... Uh, the series goes on. How many how many years have you done this series now? This is our um, this is our eighth year. Okay. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize it had gone on that long either. Um, well, and- like I said, it's grown into different models. You know, we've gone, we've had the videos, and then we've done videos and live speakers, and sometimes it gets to be just too much of an evening. So now we like this sort of real person talking, and then some local aspects afterwards. Yeah, and the cool thing, it's free as well. It is free. Yeah, and uh, on the seventh. This past week, you had Dale Sands, uh, who spoke on resiliency, climate change, and communities on the edge. Uh, there's a lot of communities on the edge. Uh, did he save the world? Did he manage to save the world uh, last well, week? we only gave him about 45 minutes, so we didn't quite get to the whole world. But <laughs> we had some good conversation um, about some of the things that he's looked at on more of a national scale, some of the work he's done in New Orleans and uh, New York City and, you know, around the country with some different issues that they've had to help cities just learn to be more resilient. He had a great example of some businesses in New Orleans that were, that had done a lot of measures ahead of time before Katrina to just to do some planning, and they, they made it through Katrina, and they're still around, you know, what is it, 15 years later or so. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, where these other little businesses, you know, it's, it can be expensive, so you need that community support. You need that community to help you make those plans and plan for that flooding event and those kind of things that are often unexpected but really can unfortunately wipe out these businesses. So mm-hmm. it's a combination of being able to work with the community and the business community and the municipal municipalities really seems to be a good model. And you got two more talks. Uh, there's, a, there's a gap in there. You had the one on the 7th and then on the 21st, so not this coming week but the following week. Uh, will be Tanya, and we were debating how you pronounce her last name. How is that uh, go, Kim? I believe it's Schusler. Schusler. Yeah. And uh, she's going to be speaking on engaging citizens in civic ecology practices. Uh, do you have a preview for us? I do. Yeah, Tanya is a <clears throat> educator at Loyola University, so she's sort of local. And um, we've um, encountered each other several times before, but she's been working with uh, Cornell University, and so she's really anxious to tell us a little bit about her research and comes to civic ecology. But what I like about the concept is, <clears throat> you know, we all know about citizen science, and we can help our citizens from all sorts of different walks of life help advance scientific research. That's awesome. That's really fun. But civic ecology takes it one more step further into really looking at helping taking these practices in communities that have suffered a disaster. Like um, the example that, that she talks a little bit about is the tree planting in post-Katrina, and then oyster reestablishment and dunes in New York City, and community gardening in Detroit, some of those areas that really have been either affected by a catastrophe or have had some disinvestment and decline, really taking that social, social ecological perspective into, into, into the case as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, all of a sudden losing my voice. I've been it's fine all, all right. morning. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, but it's nice she's taking it one more level. So we're looking forward to that, and I'm Really excited for her to be able to meet some of our local groups. As you mentioned, we have quite the passionate and active group. And I think last count I have seven local groups tabling afterwards. So it'd be nice to have that interaction, learn what some of them are doing, and also how to get their biggest bang for their buck, you know, make sure their researchers and their citizen scientists are doing them as much as they can. It, may, it makes me wonder what uh, how this her talk would work uh, in terms of Chicago. Um, we're not a Detroit 
we're not in that precipitous decline. We're not a, a New Orleans. Um, we're not uh, a Cleveland. Um, we actually are a city that, despite uh, financial woes, uh, and we and certainly we have them, but we're not unusual in that regard, um, has a pretty active environmental community uh, and is working to preserve what we have in the area. I'm wondering what she would say about what's happening in Chicago. Yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to her a little bit more about that. I mean, my sense is, you know, the city suffers from a lot of things that many cities do, you know, flooding issues and, you know, air pollution and limited open space and all those kinds of things that most big urban areas um, have to work with. So my sense is that she would have something to say about that, but it'll be interesting to chat with her about it on the 21st. So, folks, uh, come on out to McHenry County College on the 21st. Uh, and we're, I will get to uh, uh, your, your final talk, too, but I thought, let's get in the plug right now mm-hmm. so folks know where to go. If they're, if they're traveling up McHenry Way, um, where should they land, Kim? Well, our address is um, 8900 U.S. Highway 14. So if you have a whole lot of time, you can take 14 straight out from the city, but we really recommend you take <laughs> <laughs> Route 90 and come on out that direction. And pop it in your GPS, and you'll be able to find us, no problem. It's pretty easy to find. Yeah. We're going to start at 7 o'clock, and it is freebie. Um, and we usually, we're usually wrapped up by at the latest 9 o'clock, so everybody can get back home and before it gets too late. Yeah, and they're all in the, uh, is it Lucht, how you, you pronounce it's it? Lucht. 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 Darn. Lucht Conference Center. Boy, yeah. didn't get that one right. That's Lucht right. Center uh, at MCC. Okay, so that's the 21st, uh, and we're giving people a good uh, heads up, because then on, again on the 28th, you've got uh, Shalini Gupta, uh, and she's going to be speaking on building the social justice narrative on our environmental crises. This is all very serious stuff. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we have fun, too. Well, Selene is um, actually from Minneapolis, but she has a lot of uh, Chicago roots. She started her work here, so she's got a lot of connections to the area, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually has an organization um, called SEED, which stands for the Center for Earth, Energy, and Democracy. And <clears throat> their mission is kind of interesting, too. You know, we have this sort of community, helping community theme running through our speakers uh, this time, and um, they're really focused on helping that communities and policymakers have the tools and information they need to really create um, just and fair, sustainable energy policy and, and environmental policy. So there's really a, you know, the concept of environmental justice has certainly been around for a while, and a lot of people are trying to address it. But I like what Seed is focused on is really looking in to help those communities and our policymakers to make those good decisions when they're putting this putting their laws and, and uh, policies in place. How many uh, students come out to hear these talks versus the community? What, do you know what the ratio is there? Um, I would say sometimes our audience, uh, it depends on the topic, obviously. Um, I'm expecting a little bit bigger uh, group of students for these next two speakers because uh, they do link back to some classes. I have probably eight or ten faculty members that offer extra credit, you know, the magic extra credit. Yeah. And extra <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> works every time. Yep. It works every time. That and, or, um, or a free piece of pie, one of the two. <laughs> well, we do that, too. We offer cupcakes or cookies or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's double-edged bribery. But, no, it works. I would say maybe between a fourth to a third is, a, is students, usually. We try really hard to get them out there. But, you know, like most community colleges, our students are pulled in an awful lot of different directions. Of course. Uh, and we only have a couple of minutes here, uh, and uh, we will remind people again that uh, these talks, we've got one on the 21st, one on the 28th, uh, uh, about our world, our environment, and how to take care of it and how to prepare for the future uh, and the things that are already occurring on our planet uh, and go up to McHenry County College. Um, what do you see in terms of the students right now uh are they engaged in these issues uh do you have to fight to get their attention um again it depends on the issue certainly like most people they're very engaged in um the political process at the moment so i think there's a lot that you can pull people in we had that i think a lot of people did that um world hijab day thing we had that on campus and a lot of people uh, participated in that i saw students all over the place so i think they're very engaged in sort of current topics so it's a matter of bringing in the subject matter of whatever you're trying to get them to pay attention to, to something that's really real world for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
sometimes these are uh, these uh, concepts seem a little abstract. One of the things that always discourages me is people who don't seem capable of thinking into the future and realize that we are going to be in trouble if we don't address certain environmental issues. That's true. <clears throat> I think that's really true, and I think that's one of the things that we have to depend on our students to help us be able to have that bigger vision. Yeah. Well, uh, that's Kim Hankins, director of the Sustainability Center of McHenry County College. I hope folks come out on the 21st and on the 28th. And There's see- more info on our website, too, so uh, we can send which, people there. Which is? Uh, www.mchenry.edu backslash green. And uh, give us the address very quickly one more time www.mchenry.edu backslash green. Oh, actually, I was thinking of the physical address. But... Oh, the physical address, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the real address is there, too. It's 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kim. Thank uh, you, Mike. We'll talk Thanks, to you Peggy. soon. Stick around. The Mike Novak Show continues. We're talking wild things next. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the Good Food Festival. Connect with local farmers and food producers. Learn from chefs like Rick Bayless and Paula Haney. Shop the Good Food Marketplace and enjoy delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry to Saturday's General Festival is free this year with online registration. Good Food happens Saturday, March 18, at the UIC Forum in Chicago. Visit goodfoodfestivals.com. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Don't miss more than 20 breathtaking gardens from top designers at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show presented by Mariano's March 18 through 26 at Navy Pier. Enjoy the huge marketplace, cooking demos, kids' activity garden, and more. On Monday, March 20th at 1230, attend Mike Novak's free seminar, Debunking Garden Myths, and see Mike and Peggy broadcast live from the show on 1590 WCGO on Saturday, March 25th from 10 to noon. Go to chicagoflower.com. This is sports director Kevin Burgess. Make sure you catch my sports report every day from 5 to 7 p.m. on French and Friends, sponsored by 1090 Brewing. up this morning got yourself a camera uh welcome back to the mike novak show on the line we have rob telfer oh i meant sorry mike novak show with peggy malecki who's standing right very patiently here typing away typing away uh rob telfer who's the calumet outreach coordinator for the field museum and presenter uh at next week's wild things conference uh rob good morning good morning Whoa. Wow. He's awake. He woke up this morning. <laughs> I'm I'm actually in the woods right now, uh, working to restore the native habitats of the Calumet region. How cool is that? Yeah. Hey, when we get guests on the show, we get them at work. <laughs> all right. We get, in in the we we catch them in the act, folks. All right. So exactly, what are you doing this morning? Well, today we are working at Eggers Grove on the southeast side of Chicago, just across the street from the Horseshoe Casino and uh, in Hammond, Indiana. And we are killing buckthorn and honeysuckle, which are invasive species to our region. Okay, Very that primitive. gets a ding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. We've got, we've got dingers <laughs> dings, here. Are dings good? Yeah, dings yes. are good. 
Okay, cool. Okay. You got a double ding. Then. Yeah, you got the beer ding and the mimosa ding. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like getting your a check next to your name. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. No, but yeah, if so you're out getting rid of buckthorn, that gets a ding. Yeah, we're 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 burning it, and we're going to roast marshmallows on its uh, defeated corpse. <laughs> cool. Um, like Vikings, but uh, we like flowers. We're we're, we're sensitive Vikings. <laughs> He is yeah, a poet. Remember this. It's yeah, true. Right. Uh, and and under whose auspices is this today? Today is a conglomerate of folks. We are working in a Cook County Forest Preserve. Um, we help run these volunteer workdays with the volunteer steward, John Pastrick, who's just a sweet dude who lives in the neighborhood and knows a lot about trees and has been coming here since he was a little kid. And, uh, yeah, the Field Museum helps collaborate with him and other groups like Friends of the Forest Preserves, and Audubon, Great Lakes region, and we bring groups of folks out here. Anyone can. There's people, very old people, very young people, and everyone in between uh, out here cutting down these invasive plants, and it's a really great uh, community activity. And today, it's is it all uh, physical cutting down, no chemical? Uh, well, we do have to herbicide the stumps after everyone leaves. Ah. Um, otherwise, the, the invasives will, will come right back. But uh, we, even though it's safe, around humans it's herbicide and not human side um we uh we still wait till folks leave before we start using that oh really so that's that's interesting i didn't realize that um and and that's a you know that's a conversation for another day because i'm sure you run into folks all the time who say uh no herbicides no how never they need to be banned totally. uh, and and you have to look at them and say well and i've had uh, uh, restoration ecologists say to me that puts us out of business basically. If, yeah, if or it gets you in the business of restoring the same acre of land uh, for the rest of your life because the stuff keeps coming back. Right. And the the active ingredient in the herbicide is only active for 30 days. And so I, I'm, we're, we, you know, it's called like integrated pest management. You know, we try really hard to only use it when it's necessary and to use it very thoughtfully. Um, but I'm like the kind of guy who will like cradle the spider out of your bathtub you know like, oh i did that a couple of weeks ago i did that unbelievable <laughs> yeah. you that uh, you mentioned that because uh, yeah i had the very same thing happen i said come on spider get out. I, I gotta take a shower get out of here <laughs> get out of here it's like a younger version of me would delight in drowning it and flushing it down the the pipe and now this this, this more ecologically friendly friendly version uh make sure it gets a, a second life isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How you so, how, if you study it, then you begin to have that empathy, and that and it just ruins your life. It just, yeah, exactly. Empathy is just a, a life ruiner. They always say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, we we try to be really careful about the chemicals we use, and and you have to have a, a license administered by the state of Illinois in order to applicate it. Apply it, I believe, is also another way to say that. Um, and uh, yeah, we we don't do it. Thoughtlessly, but I've been talking to restoration folks who started in like the 70s, and they're like, the biggest mistake that we did early on was not use herbicide because it meant that you could you couldn't get to so much of the land that's been so degraded by invasive mm. species because you're just restoring the same one year after year. Well, I don't want to get sidetracked on what you're doing this morning, although it's yeah. fascinating. I'm I I would love to talk to you for another hour about that. But we're Me talking too. about the Wild Things Conference, which is next Saturday mm-hmm. at the UIC Forum, which is sold out, folks. If you want a ticket, we gave away two tickets here last week. Uh, those are were among the last mm-hmm. two tickets available, uh, which is which is really cool because uh, well, for one thing, Rob, you're uh, the uh, one of the first speaker. Uh, yeah. the, in the plenary session, um, along with your colleague. And, and I was thinking that the two of you, Emily Grassley and you, um, and of course, if you don't know Emily Grassley, you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and click on where it says The Brain Scoop. Uh, and, you're, and your brain is going to get scooped, baby. Uh, I'm going to get scooped proper. I'm sorry, what? Hmm. I said it was going to get scooped proper. Proper. Oh, I like that. Scooped like proper. Like in the 90s, how, how the kids Proper talk. scooping. Proper scooping, yeah. yes. Uh, and it occurs to me that the two of you together are, are kind of dangerous because <laughs> you both seem to have uh, senses of humor, which sometimes does not occur in science. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were actually really nervous about that because our whole thing is about uh, ugly things 
or things that are seen as ugly by society at large. Um, our whole talk is about that. And we know that there are some, some people who don't, uh, who live very earnestly, who if you, if you say something ironically and you don't mean it, uh, they will be like, why did, why would you say that? You know, um, <laughs> how, what do you mean you're burning the corpses of the buckthorn? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I like it. And so, yeah, yeah. We, we figure that it's, uh, we did the actuarial math on it and we figure that we would, uh, uh, plot forward with our smart, smart alleckiness. You did, and, you, you, you did uh, a, a have... you did a peer research paper to determine whether you could actually do this presentation, right? Right. How how many very sensitive, uh, science based nature nerds we were going to offend? Um, <laughs> and I am a nature nerd, so I can say that. Uh, and obviously, so is uh, Emily. And uh, so tell us, uh, you know, and 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 just so you know. Uh, now, I, I do have a peculiar sense of humor myself, but, Rob, I went through the list of talks, and when mm-hmm. I saw yours, I said, that's the one. That's that, that's the guy <laughs> and the gal I want to talk to on my show. That So, Sweet. you know, yeah, I, we, I, I we, love the title. Trying to, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. I, I think we, we all are trying to use the tools that we have, and uh, the, the only tool that I have is being sort of this jackass. Um, wait that's your gardening spot yeah yeah um and so like that's i think for me and emily we're neither of us are trained scientists but we care about uh the natural world so much and so we don't probably have the patience for long-term data collection and so our our skills are more in science communication and what we try to do is show that you don't have to have a phd in order to make an impact right now on the planet you don't have to have this expertise uh, in like the, you know, the variability of lichen growth um, in order to just help out. And right now you see that where I am in the middle of the woods, just regular folks who wanted to pitch in and have the Saturday free and they're making an impact. I've seen them make a tangible impact on the landscape. So that's not as unhealthy. Well, you're talking about citizen science. All right. And, And that's one of the big tenets of the Wild Things Conference is how mm-hmm. to get citizens involved, e- even if in their day jobs they are not scientists. How, right. how do you get them out there? And how do you get them just to understand these concepts, like the concept we just talked about, which is occasionally, yeah, you need herbicides. You really do right. to get the job done. Uh, and there are other things that they need to understand. Uh, the difference, you know, not in this, you know, this conference is about nature and the natural world, but you do need people to understand there's a, there really is a difference between say GMOs and hybridizing. All right. And right. what is the difference? Uh, so yeah, citizen science is a big deal. Um, and, and I have to say too that, you know, Emily and I, I feel like our whole role at the museum and the museum itself in some ways to grow the ecological vocabulary of the human race. Um, and that's, that's what we want is for people's, uh, lexicon around native ecosystems and plants to be larger than it is. And I think there's success. I, I, even growing up, no one knew, no, I, we never talked about invasive species in schools. And now I en- encounter young people all the time who, if you ask them what an invasive species is, they can give you a pretty good working definition. And so I see that as a, a huge success. And, you know, even if you do only restore a tiny area that you live near, it's also about being a person who can speak for the plants and animals. So we're basically growing a lot of Loraxes. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know the plural of Lorax. I, I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to ask you, who came up with the word Chicugly? <laughs> Chicugly. Uh, I think it was one of those like late night, we got to get a title in type situation. Uh, and I, I, I believe my original suggestion was... Uh, Chicago-gugly or something like that. Like I added extra <laughs> syllables, and then it came back from the Wild Things brain trust that maybe just Chicago-gugly would be good enough for uh, this weird word. It's, that we it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect. Okay, and, good. Thank God. And you got like a minute here, so give me an example of a Chicago-gugly in in this region. Okay. You know, my favorite is the turkey vulture because it is both physically arresting as well as uh, behavior disgusting. It, uh, you know, it. <laughs> It eats corpses, and it also uh, does this particular behavior where it poops all over its legs, and it 
people thought that they were doing that to cool their body, that the poop was like, you know, helping cool its whole body off. But <laughs> then they started observing them doing that in the winter. And so we don't know why turkey vultures poop all over their legs. They don't have to, but they appear to want to. Because so, uh, they can. Because they yeah. can, yes. Because they can. We know that. Uh, but I think that's the idea is that we uh, we don't know all the things nature does. And it's just a it's a, a place for endless possibility of discovery if you're, if you're willing to interact with it. Well, uh, this is what the keynote is going to be at, at Wild <laughs> Things. Uh, birds that poop all over their legs. And, that's right. And more. And you and know more. what? And, Rob, you are going to be on this program again. I want you to come here to the That'd studio. We're going to have fun. And bring Emily with you. And we yeah. will And we will, we will talk about all these things. Uh, as I said before, Wild Things Conference is next week. You can't get there. They're sold out. I think you can do walk-ups. I think you can try yeah. to, like, walk up. And we we are in. hearing not. But you know what? Oh, okay. Maybe somebody will be out front saying, who needs two? Yeah. Who needs two? Yeah. All right. I think if you sit down each other's shoulders in a trench coat, you can get in. Bring right. a turkey vulture. Rob Telfer, yeah. thank you so much. Go on. Cut, cut some buckthorn. We'll talk soon. Rick DeMaio weather is coming up. This is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around for that. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Enjoy local food all winter long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by 12 different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through March. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com slash Chicago, and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Now, you see, today, all the bump music is perfect. Yes. It's just like... Everything we needed because uh, we've got science here, and the science guy is on the line, and that is Rick DeMaio. So uh, let's say uh, good morning to uh, Rick DeMaio. How are you? And, and good morning to you, Mike and Peg, and uh, a lot of science on the show. I'm listening all morning between uh, the gentleman in the woods and the woman in the office at McHenry County College, and uh, she's talking about one of my colleagues at Loyola, Tanya, oh. um, who does some fantastic work. Yeah, I know Tanya well. Great. We were office mates for a while, yeah. Um, and I think, I think you mentioned it well there, Mike, is, is citizen scienceship. That's, that's the best because that's when people start mm-hmm. to get down and, and kind of dirty, and they, and they kind of get, they get into the weeds. And I remember pulling buckthorn out of several forest preserves along the um, Chicago River many years ago, and uh, being a part of uh, the process of burning down a uh, prairie that wasn't there. And uh, this was years and years ago when I was with United Airlines. Um, someone said, hey, do you forecast, you know, you know, wind direction and wind speed? I go, yeah. 
They go, well, we want to burn some woods down. I'm like, I don't know if I'm the guy for you. And then when they told me what it was for, I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And next thing you know, I was helping out people over on the, um, uh, I, I think, believe it was at the North Park Nature Center. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Um, up on, uh, what is that? Um, Pulaski and yeah, 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 Peterson? Yeah, over there. And Peterson, yeah. Yeah, Peterson and Pulaski. Either people work there. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it's one of these things where just, you know, one thing leads to another. So as I forget the name of the woman who you're talking to from McHenry County College, you Kim. said who actually attends these things. What was her name again? Kim. Kim, Kim. yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's basically, you know, you get the itchy and the scratchy and you go to one of these, you know, conferences. And it's not so much to be, you know, to have some sort of divine intervention with, you know, the environment, but... It's it's sharing a business card. It's talking about stuff that you did in the past, um, and and it's it's little things like that that lead to medium things and 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 big things. Um, and and I think Mike, it's it's your show, and and Peggy, it's your magazine that I think provides a platform for these things to grow even further. So I I, I applaud you both on these efforts. Well, thank you. Appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Rick. Uh, and I yeah. know, and I know you, you, you can hear I'm, I'm bucking for a salary here. But I'm <laughs> yeah. Come into the studio. We'll bring donuts. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, go, go on, go on. Oh, I was just going to uh, say uh, I'm kind of uh, interested in, in how you've worked with Tanya. Well, we, we both teach at Loyola. I know. Yeah. And uh, so you you must have heard her do presentations before. Um or oh, maybe yeah. oh yeah 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 but I mean I mean it's just you know one of the one of the best things about you know teaching in a college environment uh, is is sometimes not so much the teaching part because you can get frustrated uh, but it's the it's the hallway interaction it's it's the discussing ah. things mm-hmm. back and forth um, it's the hey how are things going and you know typically hey how are things going you know right away you know college instructors want to start to complain about their students but you realize that doesn't get you very far. Uh, it just makes you more of a miserable person. You don't want to do that. <laughs> so you start to really talk to each other about how's the class going? What are you doing outside of class? Um, I probably annoy people more than anything because I'm sending literally an email a day and sometimes two, not only about the weather, but the climate, but, uh, you know, things in the news. And, you know, you'll oftentimes get looks great, cool, and sometimes, you know, not get any responses. But then, You'll get someone, you know, maybe a week later say, hey, I read that thing you sent. That's really interesting. I didn't know about that. So oftentimes, even people who teach in the college environment, you know, whether it's university level or community college, and as Kim mentioned, teaching at the community college is actually much, much more difficult because typically your students barely got into the community college or A, they're going back to school or B, they're going back to school and also have family and a job on the side. So. Uh. So reaching out to them and getting them involved is really hard. But you know what? I think that's the most important because these are the people who not only go to the community college but live in the community. It's, it's, it's not as much a, of a connector when you have maybe someone from, you know, Cleveland coming to Chicago to go to Loyola, mm-hmm. and then they go back to Cleveland. Yeah. But I think getting into that community college environment uh, and having someone like him and talking to the gentleman in the woods it's so much more important to get you really rooted into what's happening outside the window. Well, let's get to uh, some weather here because w- yeah. I was talking to Ron Calgill earlier about how this is not winter in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, we, we, we no longer have winters in Chicago. We have not winters. And You, you know what? Go on. Well, I was just going to say, but on either side of us, they're, they're getting pounded. So Yeah, it, and, and, it's, and it's almost become bizarre. I, I thought 68 degrees in Denver on Thursday was warm. Mike, it hit 80 in Denver yesterday. Oh, my 80 goodness. 80 degrees. Degree. Broke their record by seven. Yeah. It was 87 in Goodland, Kansas. It was 93 in Gage, Oklahoma. Wow. These are ridiculously warm numbers for so early in the year. And it was 58 degrees in Redwood Falls, Minnesota yesterday. That's not good. And on top of that, you see how much snow has been falling across the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort had to be closed because they had too much snow. Yeah, we saw that. The, 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 yeah, the warmth coming in off the Pacific Ocean has produced nearly 400 inches of snow. Uh, the mountain resort is closed. That resort employs a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying it's directly related to climate change, but I think some of these things that are happening from a climactic standpoint 
are beginning to go kind of off the table. And, you know, back in, in uh, late September to October, uh, Garden City, Kansas had their latest 100 and their latest 90. And now I think they're having, this, they're having their earliest 87. So the winters definitely seem to be shrinking, not only from all sides, but also from top to bottom. It, that it, for to a meteorologist, as to, as you say, you sound a little concerned here. I wouldn't say scared, but concerned. Yeah, it, it it it's very weird because even the other day in New York City, they hit sixty two on Wednesday. They had a blizzard on Thursday. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if that's ever happened before. So I did some research. I texted a couple of people at the Weather Channel, and sure enough, it was a record. New York mm-hmm. City has never had a record high temperature the day before they had a six inch snowfall, and you know. This wasn't even a six-inch snowfall. This was a 12-inch snowfall with blizzard conditions. And again, it just points back to the fact that we continue to have these very, very high variable events, extreme climactic events. Um, I sent you some information regarding our non-snow this year. It's easy to predict averages. I can go in the middle of October and say we're going to have average snowfall, but it's much more difficult to predict extremes. And that seemed to be what were happening. So, in terms of our not winter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our March weather in February, oh. um, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at the pattern, and the pattern now, and I know we have about 30 seconds here, the pattern begins to break down and becomes a much more what's called marinional flow as opposed to zonal. So, the chances of getting snow around here are very low. I'm still not worried about precipitation. We seem to be getting some decent amounts of rain. We had thunderstorms on Tuesday with a half inch of rain. The ground seems to be nice and wet. Uh, we'll probably get some more rain around here, maybe late tomorrow night and into Monday. But then we go dry the rest of the week. And, Mike, I'm looking at maybe through the 16th of February, still not having an inch of snow. The longest drought since 1884. Wow. And so when? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was just going to say, when, when do we start? But, you know, and, and it's kind of skewed because we had snow in December. So, right. And ever yeah, since we're, then. We're, we're, yeah, we're running about four inches below normal. But, but well, you know, what, what's normal now? Normal is just yeah. a bunch of numbers within within a defined, you know, beginning and end. All it's right. The extreme variability that's weird. Yeah. Um, and that's what, so, and that's so, the mantra now extreme variability. We got to run. We'll talk more about this next week because that's my new good, mantra. Mike. All right. Take care, Rick. Uh, thanks yeah. to everybody on the show today, Kim Hankins from uh, uh, McHenry County College and Rob Telfer from Wild Things and the Field Museum. And, of course, Rick DeMaio and his climate variability. Until next week, Peggy Malecki, go green or go home. We'll see you then. Uh, Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. Have you ever started vegetable seeds indoors and imagined the lush, gorgeous seedlings you'd plant in your garden just to be disappointed with the straggly small plants that actually grew? You're a candidate for the Happy Leaf LED Grow Light. It's five times more powerful than a T5 fluorescent bulb. T5s only start seeds and support some growth. But the Happy Leaf Light is an all-purpose LED with precisely tuned red and blue spectrums that allows the full range of plant growth. But if it's so good, why is it priced at just over $100? Well, selling directly to consumers allows Happy Leaf to price this within reach of the serious gardener who's seen grow lights that cost several hundred dollars. With the Happy Leaf LED, say goodbye to spindly tomato stalks forever and say hello to strong, lush plants that will make you the envy of the neighborhood. Find out more about Happy Leaf LED Light at happyleafled.com or call 815-414-2209. Happy Leaf, it's about the light.